got mine this morning. Praise God. Excellent job, singers and band. Well, of course, today is Super Bowl Sunday, and it is raining something. It's been raining all night long. So I want to thank you all for pressing your way out uh, through those rainy conditions today. And uh, we've got the New England Patriots on deck and the Philadelphia Eagles on deck today. And so I wore a Detroit Lions shirt because I don't really have any skin in the game today. And so I decided last year I represented Atlanta, which is my home today. And, uh, uh, and Detroit is where I was born and raised. And so I said I'd represent Detroit today. So I just want to see a good game today. Anyone else just want to see a good game today? That's really all I want to see. But how many of you know both of those teams started out the year the same way? What I mean by that is they started out with a vision to play in this game today. I mean, they didn't get to today without a vision yesterday of being in this game. And so really there was a series then of short-term and long-term goals to get them to the game today. But only one of them will walk out hoisting up that Super Bowl trophy. And so what I want us to know today as a body of believers, I mean, we can all win our own personal Super Bowls. Right? Each one of us, God has given us an individual vision. And on the other side of that vision is a championship, and it is a win that is significantly designed just for us. And so today, we're going to talk about vision. Sight is a function of the eyes, while vision is a function of the heart. Vision is seeing the future before it comes into being. Vision is the ability to see farther that further than your eyes can look. It is vision that makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. I want to welcome everyone live streaming today. Of course, if you're sitting in the service, uh, you can follow along with your YouVersion Bible app today. Just go to the events section All the notes are right there. When you click Linked Up Church, all of the notes will come right up. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, that word vision there means dream or revelation, the people perish. Perish there literally means die. But he that keepeth the law or destroy, happy is he. The Message Bible reads it this way, Proverbs 29, 18. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Notice when they attend to what he believes or what he reveals, they are most blessed. And so if we'll quiet down enough, I mean, you know, God is attempting to show you your future. And it's a future that is glorious. It is victorious. Come on, somebody. It is full of wins. Come on. It is a good future if God is showing it to you. We've got to be willing to quiet down long enough, spend enough time in prayer so he can reveal to us what that looks like. And then we're most blessed when we attend to it. Now. Let's look at five keys today. Key number one, why do you need vision? I decided to minister to you today. Why do you need vision? 
Everyone needs a vision. Say, I, I need, need a, vision. a vision. You need one. You're not going to go anywhere without it. Why do you need a vision? Here's the real reason why. God never speaks to you about where you are. He only speaks to you about where you're going. See, and we get lost and so concerned about where we're at, and God's not dealing with us where we're at. He's actually dealing with us with where we're going. So where you're going is far more important than where you are. Let's look at some examples of this. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 1. Where you're going is far more important than where you're at. I mean, you might be broke today, but boy, debt freedom is in your future. I got three people that received that in this building today. I mean, you might be single today, but marriage is in your future. Come on, you, you might be working for someone else today, but ownership can be, in, it might be in your future. Am I talking to anyone today? Come on, your body could be physically challenged today, but healing is now and it's in your future. And you've got to understand no matter where you're at, God's going to deal with you with where he wants you to go. Jeremiah chapter 1, we can all relate to this, and this is really, if you understand this, this is all of our stories. Pick it up at verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. Watch this now. Then said I, Jeremiah, O Lord. God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. Have we all ever been there before where God told us, right, what we would do, and then we told him what we can't do? Come on, am I the only one that's ever done that before? Come on, we've all done that, right or wrong, right? We've all been there. God didn't hear any of that. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth. For you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Just do not be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over nations. Now he's just a boy. But I want you to see that God is speaking to him about where he's going, not where he's at. Are you listening out there? See, I have this day set you over nations and over kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So while Jeremiah is focused on his limitations and where he's at, God is trying to get him to see and agree with where God wants to take him. Folks, I'm trying to help you, get to get, help you understand that where you're going is far greater than where you're at. That's why you need vision. Let's look at Gideon. Gideon is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Go with me to Judges chapter 6. We can all relate to Gideon as well. Judges chapter 6. And you all know the story in verse 1. 
the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian in verse 2 prevailed against Israel because the Midianites, the children of Israel, made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. And so everything that Israel tried to do, the Midianites were there to suppress them. How many know God's always going to have the last answer? All right, drop down to verse 11. So God's always going to call someone and give them a vision. Look at verse 11. And the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joaz the Abysrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. So if I can paint a picture of this, Midian is actually hiding. How I many know you can't get away from God when he's called you and trying to give you vision to do so? You can run from it, but he's going to find you wherever you're at and still tell you the same thing. Right? So, so watch this here in verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you. Now, remember, he's hiding. But look what the Lord, the angel says here. You mighty man of valor. How many mighty men of valor do you know are hiding somewhere? Right? But God's not looking at where he's at. God is looking at where he's going. Gideon said to him in verse 13, oh, my Lord. See, we all have been here. If the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Anybody ever been there before? Lord, if you told me to do this, then why is it all blowing up right now? Anybody ever been there before? Don't focus on where you're at. Focus on where you're going. So he said here in verse 13, Gideon said to him, Lord, if you're with us, then why has all of this happened? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Now, notice how he turned that. Why are they, why have they been delivered into the hand of the Midianites? Right? We read it in verse 1. Don't everyone answer that at the same time. Now, we, we just read it in verse 1. Why did they get delivered into the hand of the Midianites? Because they did evil in the sight of the Lord, right? You ever notice sometimes we'll do wrong and then say, God, why did you let me get in this situation? But God is still not concerned about that. He's still only focused on where he's trying to get you to go. So he says here, then the Lord turned to him in verse 14 and said, go in this might of yours, for you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Now, what did God call him? A mighty man of valor. What is he saying about himself? I'm the weakest and my clan is the weakest clan of all. Weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. The Lord didn't hear none of that. Watch this. The Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. 
Why do you need vision, folks? Because typically God is going to show you something that you don't believe you can do. That's how you know it's God. I saw, see, y'all not ready for this today. If it's God, he's going to put you in a situation where if he can't get it done through you, it will not get done. You can give him every excuse in the book about where you come from, what you don't have, what you lack. It is not going to change the vision that God's given you, nor his desire to see you get there. Number two, you should have a big vision. You should have a big vision. Folks, I know you all are excited to go into that building. I know you are. That's the smallest portion of what we're getting ready to do. And the rest of it, folks, I can't see how it'll get done. But the same God that provided the building, come on, somebody. Come on, I just wish there was a little bit more faith in this building today. Come on, he's the same God, right? You should have a big vision. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, the Amplified says, Ephesians 3:20 Amplified says, now to him who is able. Who is the one that is able? See, if you stop looking at what you can do and start looking at what he can do, it'll change your perspective. Now unto him who is, what's that word there? Able. That's all you need to know. If God showed it to me, he's able to perform it. Now unto him who is able to carry out your purpose. Is that what it says? What is he able to carry out? What is he able to carry out? So if you find out what he's instructing you to do, he'll carry it out in your life. Now unto him who is able to carry out his purpose and to do so super abundantly, more than we can dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams. So trust me, if you're dreaming about it, if you're praying about it, God is already way beyond that. And eye has not seen and ear has not heard the things that God has prepared for them that love him. So whatever it is that you're seeing, trust me, God is still way beyond that. According to his mighty power that's at work within us. So notice, he can't do much beyond our ability to release his power that's in us. Let me show you an example of this. Go with me to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. And we all know the story. Moses has led the children of Israel, and they're right now at the front door of the promised land. But I know even when God gives you a vision, you're not going to achieve it without a fight. There's going to be a whole lot of stuff that happens and goes on before you get to your promised land. Right? So they're right at the edge. And Moses says, God instructs Moses to send 12 spies into the land to spy out the land. Right? And of course, 10 come back with an evil report, 2 come back with a good report. But they all come back saying that the land is a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And then they brought back some of the fruit from that land, and the fruit was as big as their heads. How many you know that's where God wants them to be? But then they saw giants in the land. Ten of them saw giants, 
Two of them saw how big God was. Let's pick the story up in verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people. It was Caleb and Joshua that were the two. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, and this is a, a lesson for all of us. There are a lot of times, folks, there, there, people will be with you in the wilderness, but they cannot go with you into the promised land. Because what they're going to do is be, bring a wilderness mindset into the promised land. How many know you can't win in the promised land with a wilderness mindset? And so you've got to understand that's just a part of it sometimes. There'll be people that'll help get you through that wilderness and get you all the way to the edge, but all of them can't go in with you. Okay? And, and this is a lesson for all of us. Watch this now here in verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him, they were not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report out of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. So see, they see the men, Joshua and Caleb see God. This is the interesting part right here. Then we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Not in the sight of God, but in their own sight. And so we were in their sight. This is what you've got to learn, folks. Your enemy will always see you the way you see yourself. Oh, somebody should have wrote that down. And how many know there's nothing somebody can do for you in that regard? Your enemy will always see you the way you see yourself. And so you're either Joshua and Caleb and you have the confession that we are well able to conquer this land. Or you see yourself as a grasshopper. And so your enemy sees you the same way, and you never get to where God has designed for you to go. I declare that I'm talking to a group of well able to overcome. I see five hands out there. I, I declare and prophesy that I'm talking to a group that is well able to overcome and conquer the land that God has given you. Number three, your future lies within you. Your future lies within you. Your future is not ahead of you. It lies within you. Your current obedience today will create the future you dreamed about tomorrow. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 1 and let's look at verse 19. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. If is a conditional clause in the contract. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the what? Notice you first have to be willing and obedient before you can eat good. And I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. <laughs> and you should stay hungry, right? 
And so if you want to eat good, it first starts by being willing and obedient. And it's the little acts of obedience that lead to big acts of obedience. If I could use an illustration, you know, when Linked Up Church started four years ago, my wife and I, we were sitting on a couch just a little over four years ago, sitting on a couch. And all we had was vision to go on. Are you listening? Then there had to be a series of acts of obedience just to get us here. The first one was just to have an exploratory meeting that I was just like Gideon. Why? I don't want to have an exploratory meeting. So you do that one and God shows up. Then God says, have a second one. Right? We have the second one, and God shows up. Then we have the third one, and God really shows up. Now he says, launch it. And we don't have a building, nowhere to go to. I'm just saying. It was those three acts of obedience that manifested the West End. If we don't do the three, we don't get West End. Watch this now. The moment God, we start West End, the Lord says to me, and I tell my wife, I said, the Lord told me to put up 50% of every penny, that come, 50 cents on every dollar that comes into this ministry, put it away and treat it like it, you don't have it. So for two years, folks, that's what we did. What showed up in the third year was 4331 Brownsville Road. It was little acts of obedience that led to bigger acts of obedience. So how I many know if you're not willing to do the little things, you can't get to the big one? Are you listening out there? Number four, you are perfect for your God-given vision. Say it again. I heard somebody out there. I said you are perfect for your God-given vision. I mean, absolutely. Per There's no one else on the planet that can do what you do. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. I'm, and I'm talking about there's no one that can come close to doing it the way you do it. Psalms 139, go there very quickly. It's a Psalm of David, Psalms 139. And I just want to start right at the beginning before I read verse 14. Psalms 139. When you get there, say amen. Look at verse 1. Psalms 139, verse 1. And we all have to get to this place where we, we know these things. Oh, oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. Watch this now. And you are acquainted with all of my ways. How I many you know God knew every strength, every weakness, every limitation? He knew everything about you before he called you. Come on. I... So why are you allowing your limitations to change and slow down what it is that God called you to do 
when it was God that called you and he already knew everything about you before he called you. People are always going to say, you can't do this, you can't do that, you're not this, you're not that, da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da. But it will never stop what God has called you to do. If you will just cooperate with God, you will quickly learn that he will send to you everything that you need to fulfill what it is that he's called you to do. And every area that you're weak, he'll send somebody that's strong. Hallelujah. Look at verse 14, and then you've got to get here. I will praise you. Why don't you take a five-second praise break right there? Come on, come on, give God some praise in this place. Because God made you perfect. He knew how you would be raised. Come on, somebody. He knew what would happen to your parents. He knew the schools that you would go to. He knew everything about your journey. And he said, I'm still calling you to do this. And there's nobody greater on the planet to do it than you. David said, so I will praise you. Why? For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are are your works. Listen, folks, if you don't see yourself as marvelous, if you don't see yourself as fearfully and wonderfully made, then God sent me here to tell you today that you are a marvelous work in his eyes. God did not make any mistakes. It does not matter how you got here. It does not matter whose mistakes other people made. God said you are marvelous because you're my work. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and I have a specific assignment for you. I have a specific calling on your life and it is good and when you get there you're going to be so blessed because it's going to fulfill every dream that I've placed in your heart. Somebody ought to shout glory to God in this place. You'll learn very quickly that God has already given you everything you will ever need to do what he's called you to do. Did you hear what I said? He's not going to give it to you. He has already given you everything you need. And every act of obedience manifests what he's already provided for you. Somebody ought to shout glory in this place. Go with me to Exodus chapter 31. Exodus chapter 31. Come on, we've all been like Moses before. The Lord instructs Moses to build a tabernacle. What does Moses say? I've never done anything like this before, Lord. Come on, anybody ever been there before? I've done that a whole lot of times. I've never built no. What are you talking about? Come, come on, am I the only one? The Lord said to Mo, Moses, saying, I can't talk. Come on, somebody. I've been in the wilderness for 40 years. I'm institutionalized. (laughs) Come on, am I right or wrong? Moses has said to God, I can't build no tabernacle. Let me show you the character of your God. That's why you just start and watch everything come along with it. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Watch this now. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding in knowledge 
and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works to work in gold in silver and bronze in cutting jewels for setting in carving wood and to work all manner of workmanship and I indeed have appointed with him Aholiab the son of Ahishramach of the tribe of Dan and I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans how many know God's going to send all the gifted people to you oh man I wish I wish it was some more I'm talking about all of the best of the best to help you do what he's called you to do. He said here, I've sent all of the, the gifted ones that they may make all, watch this, that they may make all that I have commanded you. You missed a good place right there. See, even though God called Moses to build it, he wasn't the one that actually built it. He was just the one that could believe God for the materials and the resources. I declare that God is sending linked up church. All of the gifted people. Come on, somebody. See, this, this took all the pressure off of me because there's so much that I can't do. But what the Lord is showing me is I never said you would have to do it. There's somebody in here. That's the answer to your prayer right there. You've been thinking all along that you were the one that had to do that. And God is saying, if you'll just start it, I'll send all the gifted people. Come on, they're in the house, folks. Everything that Linked Up Church needs is in the house. Can I read you a little bit more of this? Watch this. They're, they will make all that I've commanded you. The tabernacle of meetings, the ark of the testimony, all the stuff that Moses said he can't do, and the mercy seat that is on it, all the furniture of the tabernacle, the table, its utensils, the pure gold, the lampstand with all the utensils, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offerings with all its utensils, and the laver and its base, the garments of the ministry, the holy garments for Aaron and the priest and the garments for his sons to minister as priests and the anointing oil and the sweet incense for the holy place. Watch this. And he reiterates, according to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. Man, this took so much pressure off of me. See, now I understand as a visionary, it's just my job, Deacon Al, to believe God. Here's the thing, though. You can't stifle the gifted people when he sends them to you. You must let them do what God sent them there to do. Right? Because it was God that put it in their hearts. So now you're stopping your own progress when you don't let the people that he sent you be all that he sent them there to be. Now, what you all don't understand is I've only been pastoring for four years. And so God is growing me up right in front of your eyes. Amen. 
I'm calling all the gifted people in Cobb County to 4331 Brownsville Road. Come on, somebody. We've got to close. I want to prophesy something to you. I wrote it here in my notes. This is not the season of your life to look down on yourself. This is the season to discover yourself. Somebody ought to receive that right there. The only reason you have not progressed to the place that you truly want to be is because you have not obeyed the vision that God's given you about that. A lot of times we'd rather stay safe. But vision requires taking risk. You've got to be able to get to the edge and not see the landing spot and jump anyway, knowing that God's got a net down there to catch you. I'm learning, folks, the further I get away from the land, the more I have to trust God. And I'm learning that what God wants to do is get me away from the land. Because you know what our natural tendency is? Is to go where it's safe. Put our feet down. But he wants you out there so deep that you couldn't get back if you wanted to. Is this ministering to anybody in this building today? Come on, I asked the question. Is this ministering to anybody in this building today? You need to have a vision for your marriage. You need to have a vision for your family. Come on, somebody. You need to have a vision for your children. Come on, you need to have a vision for every aspect of your life. If you're single, you need to have a vision for getting married. Because God's going to talk to you about what you need to get ready. Come on, if you're elderly, you need to have a vision for how you want to close out your life at 120. Because listen, listen, vision will keep you alive. That's the only reason Tom Brady is playing at such a high level at the age of 40. Because his vision is to play till he's 45. Oldest man to ever win the NFL MVP at the age of 40. You got a lot of life left in you. Don't let people tell you what you can't do. And certainly don't let people tell you what it's too late for you to do. It's never too late with God. Oh, I'm preaching better than you all are saying amen here. I said it's never too late with God. You have too much purpose to die. You will die when you've finished your vision and not a day before that. I'm getting ready. Boy, if I could run right now, I'd jump off this stage and take a lap. Did you hear that? When you are operating in the vision, you cannot die prematurely. Let's close. Number five. Vision requires action to become a reality. You'll notice vision. What do you see? Purpose, why do you see it? Goals, how are you going to get there? 
Are you listening? Vision is what do you see? Remember, you don't see with your eyes. You see with your heart. Purpose. Why do you see it? If it's just about you, God probably didn't show you that. God cares about people. God loves people. And usually what he's showing you not only benefits you, but it benefits other people. So why do you see it? And then goals. How are you going to get there? In conclusion, you've got to spend enough time in prayer and study in the word to see the vision that God has given you. And I'm telling you, it's starting. He told me when to buy a house. He said, all that stuff, when you get in the house, put away this much money because that's what it will take to take care of a female. And it was those acts of obedience that made the transition into marriage easy. Right? But how many of you know that came from him giving me a vision for that? Right? When I was single, he said, take four years to calm your flesh down because you are out of control. Somebody in here know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all are saying I might need 10. <laughs> but he said, take four years to undo your carnal nature and redo and take on my spiritual nature with no dating, no going out, no nothing. And it's through proving that you can be successfully married to me, that's the prerequisite that you can be successfully married to me. And it's interesting now, after a four-year marriage to him, really ended up being eight years, I have a 20-year successful marriage. Well, the foundation for the 20 years was back in the eight when, when she wasn't even there. And it was learning how to have a relationship with God. Because if you don't understand this, relationships are first vertical. Then they're horizontal. You're never going to treat someone else better than you treat God. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. Spend enough time in prayer and studying the word to see the vision he's given you. Set short range, number two, and long range goals to help you get there and then track your progress. See, it's like if you're trying to get out of debt, where did you start and where are you at right now? Are you any further along from the time that you started to where you are right now? See, a lot of times we put our hands in and say, I'm believing God to get out of debt, but you haven't moved. So setting short range and long term, long range goals will help you get there. Make sure you track your progress. And number three, then you'll move past just dreaming and you'll start living in the reality of those dreams. Let me close right here. I wanted to minister to you first about vision. Let's look up at the screen and let's talk about very quickly the vision of Linked Up Church and how you can help us. Of course, you should have a vision. How I many know the church has to have a vision as well? Colossians chapter 3, and I'm not going to read all of this. My wife and I, we were sitting on a couch course, our lives had, had just been changed the same weekend, and we're asking ourselves, what is it we're called to do? Who are we? What's our DNA? Most of you all know the story behind that, and we believe that we were connectors. Our job was to connect people to God and to each other, 
And so we were trying to come up with what that looked like in terms of a name, because typically he's going to match the name of the church with the calling that he has on your life. So we're having this conversation, and the word connected just kept coming up. We went to the thesaurus to look for the different ways that you could use that word, and, and I can remember walking to the bathroom, and I looked back, and I said, babe, what about linked up? And I came back out, and I read Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, and it says, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, Act like it. See, if you're serious, you act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what's going, around, going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. And that's when we both knew the name was linked up. Now, within linked up, Obviously, you have the vision. It all is derived out of that entire chapter. But then within that, there are core values, right? And our core values here are to connect people to God, connect people to family, connect people to purpose, and then connect people to community. And God has given us strategy to accomplish certain goals every year. So let me show you all again as a reminder for 2018 what we're looking to accomplish as a body together. Next screen. This is what we want to do this year. Okay? We want to multiply our connection. We want to connect people to God. That is 500 people making a decision for Christ this year. Can we do it? Yes. We've already done it in Jesus' name. Right? Got to speak now. Right? Well, what does that look like for you? How can you help us? How I many know we can't go into your neighborhoods, communities, on your job? We need you out there winning people for Christ, right, by building relationships with them. And if you can't win them out there, then how I many will bring them to church and God will get them right here at church, okay? All right, people come back to Christ. We're going to show you we've just had the best month in the history of this church, the month of January. We just had a dynamic month of January, and it's getting better. We believe in God to connect 500 people to family. That's people joining small groups or linked up church. And so how can you help us do that? By being a part today is really small group Sunday. So you can help us with this one today by getting involved, going out there in the lobby and asking questions about small groups and seeing where you fit. Here, it is not a job, folks. It is a relationship. It's really based off of your interests. Whatever you already enjoy doing, we've just put groups. None of us are going to say on our deathbed, bring to me all all my possessions. We want to be around the people that we know, love, and trust the most, right? And here we are a family, uh, not just a church. Uh, number or, or connect the purpose. That's people here taking our step three next steps classes, financial peace university, job link, uh, entrepreneurial boot camp, and then we have something here called the growth experience. So we're looking to connect 500 people in those ways this year, and then uh, connecting to community. Those are small group leaders, dream team leaders, and then serve projects throughout the course of the year where we connect 500 people. And so Linked Up Church will connect 2,000 more people in 2018. Come on, go ahead and put a down payment on that. Okay. <laughs> now, just like today, how I many know you don't win the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter? Right? You've got to win the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, right? And of course, the fourth quarter to win the Super Bowl. So we've broken this down into quarters. Next screen. 
So we want to connect 125 unique individuals. The date is, oh, there it is right there. By March the 31st, 2018. So notice we're tracking short-term goals all the way to our long-term goals. So everything we just ministered to you, we're leading by example by doing this. So 125 unique individuals making a decision for Christ uh, by March 31st. And again, we do that through every single one, 125, 125, 125. Second quarter of the year, we're looking at another 125, which will be 250 people by June the 30th. And you all can see how we continue to track that throughout the year, okay? And by the end of the year, folks, Linked Up Church, will have reached over 2,000 new people for Christ. Okay. Now, let me show you how the year has already started so that you can see that God is supporting the vision that he's given us. Put that uh, four by four uh, uh, scoreboard up there. Already this year, 75 people have made decisions for Christ. So we are already way down the road towards our first quarter goal. 59 people have either joined small groups or linked up church. We ought to give God glory for that right there. 58 people have either taken step three, uh, really, and that's all it's been uh, for this year. We haven't even offered financial peace, job, link, or any of the other four yet. So we've really had 58 people already join the church in 2018. Come on, somebody ought to get, a lot of churches don't see that over a whole year. So we thank God for that. And then 13 people have uh, connected to or, or, or decided to lead small group, become uh, dream, small group leaders, dream team leaders, or get involved with serve projects. Can we just lift our hands and give God glory for the great start that he's given us this year? Okay. And so I want you to know that God didn't call you here to just sit on the bench. God called you here to get in the game. And, and just like today, folks, we're going to watch a Super Bowl and I can promise you the people playing the game make more money than the people watching the game. You want Tom Brady money? You got to put up Tom Brady numbers. And, and what I'm telling you is God is the one that pays up. Because ultimately what you're doing, you're doing for God. Let's all stand to our feet. Glad you came to church today. Let's all stand to our feet. Just play something real soft for me right there. Let's just lift our hands to the Father. And I just want to pray over you right now and your personal vision. I want to pray over you first before I pray over the church's vision. Just lift your hands to the Father. I believe every person is born with purpose and every person is born with vision. Paul said it this way. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child. But he said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. What we can learn from that is that Paul was able to look back into his childhood and understand things about what he was called to do. I can even do that. You know, I was a gang leader. I've been the captain of everything that I've ever been a part of. If I go to jury duty, I've always been selected as the, the captain and the one to make the, the presentation and to deliver the verdict. It's just always been that way. And so what helped me understand my calling was this ability to look back into my childhood and see what I was always doing. I was just doing it for the wrong reasons. 
So I realized I really was always who I am. I just needed to do it for a different reason and for a different and higher purpose. And so everyone in here was born with purpose, born with vision. And so, Father, as I pray over their lives right now, I pray that each and every one of them will spend enough time in prayer, spend enough time in your word to know and understand what that is. But then have the boldness and the courage to act on it and step out in it and obey you, Father. And we know that when they become willing and obedient, then they'll eat the good of the land that you've promised to give them. And Father, that is my prayer for them individually. And now I pray for Linked Up Church corporately. Father, may you send and raise up all the gifted people who you placed it in their heart, Father, to help us fulfill what it is you've called us to do. And Father, when they come as a leader, Father, give me the heart and mind to free them up and liberate them to do what it is you placed in their heart to do to help Linked Up Church reach its ultimate goal. And so, Father, we receive them as you send them and as we raise them up, Father. And we declare that in 2018, we will connect over 2,000 more people for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, while you're in that attitude of prayer today, I don't know your story, but I do know God. So what I want to invite you to do is to make today the first day of the rest of your life. Doesn't matter what happened yesterday. God is not dealing with you about where you are right now. He's only trying to get you where he knows he's called you to go. And so if you're here today, the way to get there is by receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So if you've never done that, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, by confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart that he is the son of God and that God raised him from the grave. I want to pray with and for you today. I want to invite you to come and be a part of the family of God, not join Linked Up Church. Come and be a part of the family of God. Let me be your brother. Let all these other people be your brothers and sisters. Secondarily, if you're in this building today.